0: Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison, and this week I'm welcoming back one of our frequent guests, Melissa Ruggieri. Hi. It's great to have you here again. Well,
1: thank you. And this time we're actually talking about something a little different, not like, you know, stuff that's coming up or lists of things or it's an actual story. Yes, (laughs) and
0: it is something that you can do as we are a things to do podcast, but uh, it's a lot more than that. Um, it's a little bit of history, actually. So uh, tell us all about this cool thing.
1: Well, I went down to Macon, which if you haven't been to lately, it's worth taking the drive down there because aside from all the Almond Brothers stuff, you know, the big house and you could go by Rose Hill Cemetery, they've actually changed the whole area where Greg Almond is buried and right. fenced it in and raised it up on this really nice brick platform down by the, by the train tracks area. It's worth going to see that in itself. But... Bacon is synonymous with Southern Rock yep. and synonymous really with the Allman Brothers. And Capricorn Records was a big reason why. And Capricorn Studios was a big reason why. Mm-hmm. And Capricorn Studios has reopened. And it's a partnership with Mercer. Mercer actually, Mercer University actually owns the building. Mm-hmm. So it's Mercer Music at Capricorn now. Right. And they had their big grand opening. I mean, the, the soft grand opening, if you will, earlier this month. And they're going to be opening to the public on January 2nd. And you can go for tours of the studio. You can check out the museum. There's a Capricorn Records Museum or Capricorn Music <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Museum that's upstairs as well. It's 1,200 square feet. They've got all kind of digital interactive things. They took some cues from the Grammy Museum in L.A. And there's a big mural of Wet Willie on the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and just like interesting things about it. So Phil Walden was the guy who started Capricorn yeah. Records. And, you know, the, the history does go very deep and complex. Complicated. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, Phil and his brother and Otis Redding, you know, were all involved. And Phil and, and Otis wanted to open the studio. And then Otis died in the plane crash. So right. it postponed things mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And then Phil got, you know, back on track with wanting to, you know, still do the studio. And then the studio opened in the late 60s. And the Allman Brothers moved to Macon shortly after that. And sort right. of became the centerpiece of what was then Cap- Capricorn Records it's weird because there's so much history there, and then in talking to people for the story that I did a couple weeks ago, which you can find online yes. <laughs> at AJC.com or the Music Scene Blog, um, but in talking to people, in doing research for the story, you kind of, you, you know, you, you hear so much about Capricorn and how ingrained it was, you know, in, in Southern rock and making music culture and everything, Right. but then you kind of remember, it was only really there about a decade. Yeah. I mean, they, they had this <laughs> powerful decade of stuff, and mm-hmm. then it basically went out of business yeah. and in the late 80s I mean it languished for years in yep. the late 80s it opened briefly they yeah. did a few I projects think here there.
0: they had they had offices they had offices here, here at that time right they're like later on
1: yeah I know I learned about that too and because of course this was all predating my time in Atlanta right. so just having you know studied music over the years and known about you know music history I knew about the Capricorn story but I, I hadn't realized that the that the studios were dormant for so long and then Capricorn Records restarted in the 90s with mm-hmm. widespread Panic and 311 and a couple a couple other bands that were on that because I I remembered when that happened but the building was really in disrepair and it you know it was on the places in peril list the roof was about to cave in until they got some money from a foundation and you know I mean there's a good chance that this building this piece of history (laughs) would have just been demolished
0: well which happens to far too many things sadly yes
1: and it's nice that there were many people involved in, in getting it to this point for Mercer to even buy it. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, of course, they deserve the credit for renovating everything. But, you know, to get to that point, there were a lot of other people involved that you can read about because, like I said, it's very detailed yes. and <laughs> <Yeah>. very confusing. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that Mercer spent nearly or over five million dollars to, you know, build new things. And the what's cool is that the original studio, Studio A, where all the recordings that you know of were done, is still intact. Yeah. It looks exactly the same. And on Mm. the day that I went down there, the timing was fortunate that three of the original engineers we're going to be in town, because they all wanted to check out the new recording board that came right. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they wanted to, because that was a big part of the Capricorn Sound, this right. API board. So they basically got- So it's a
0: new old board. It's
1: a new old board, because <laughs> right, they basically right. had a custom built right. to be similar to the one that was there, but of course with the digital components that yes. you have now. And you know, one of the, the things that they talked about that a couple of years before he died, Greg Allman received an honorary degree mm. from Mercer. And he was talking to Mercer's president before the ceremony, and he said, Two things: don't touch this room, and make sure you get an analog board.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so right. they made sure to stay true to both of those. And it's cool to walk in that studio and see like the wood paneling on the walls and sort of this maroon color burlappy stuff, you know, right. soundproofing things. And then the isolation booth has these roof shingles layered over yeah. it, and all you know the curtains are the same. They just right. sent them out to be cleaned <laughs> you yeah. know, when I was there. But but talking to these these three guys, um, these three engineers who were there. Um, it just it, it was just kind of cool just to hear some of their recollections of what it was like to be there at the time although most of them didn't want to talk about anything they said that they didn't want to like give away stories, or they were right. afraid they might offend people who were still alive. Right? You know, they told me a very good story about Dicky Betts accidentally spilling his drink on the console, but then asked uh-huh. if I could keep that out of the story since, <laughs> since Dicky is still with us. Right. But right. it wasn't that bad. You, yeah. you know? yeah. But there's so much history there, and I talked to Chuck Lavelle for the story too, because of course you know he's got great history with the Almond Brothers yeah. and, and lives C-level. in Sea you know, Level and Sea Level and is in Macon and, and yep. you know all those things and you know chuck said his hope is and this is their hope at mercer too that this moves on to more generations and they want young people to be able to to use the, right. the studio to learn about recording mm-hmm. they have built this 12 room incubator that mm-hmm. connects to the building so like everything's kind of it's on the same block it's on you know nothing's moved right. but they've just added on to what was there renovated you know the, the previous structures And this 12-room incubator is really cool because for a couple hundred bucks a month, I mean, it ranges, you know, starts at like $200. You can rent a room about the size of a small office that Mm -hmm. you can rehearse in. You you know, they're all soundproof. You can keep your gear in if you just need a storage space. You can rent it for a daily fee of like a hundred bucks and you can come in 24 hours a day you just get a card like you would at a hotel that you mm-hmm. swipe on the outside come on in at three in the morning if that's when yeah. you know and, and they well
0: musicians yeah, that well can exactly yeah.
1: musicians and students because yeah. they're also right. possibly yes. you know, yes. and that and that's going to be opening as well on January 2nd that you know if you want to go online and you know book something or if you need the space or whatever right. it's it's a cool thing and they're really trying to preserve the history of Macon but then also move things forward Right. you know and yeah and i know you know a lot about the history of of that whole area yeah. and <laughs> yeah
0: it's pretty cool and and it's sad that 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 it did sort of languish for mm-hmm. for so long that that people um you know no one no one seemed to care about it for a long time right. that that you know that this was falling into disrepair that these things were being forgotten and uh, ignored and you know it's great to see see someone step in and and try to preserve them cuz you know, here certainly here in Atlanta, we we have a reputation for not necessarily preserving some of these mm-hmm. these great landmarks. Instead, we you know tear them down and build something new over them. Always <laughs> oh, need a new uh, hotel, yeah, right? <laughs> or a new uh, work, live, play yeah, development. Right. Uh, so, or, but <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Um, but yeah, it's great to see somebody do that for for Macon because you know this that's a, a big it could be a big tourist thing well, it could that's be it. Right. such a great draw for the right. city itself and you know it's it's good that it's it's you know a university that that you know there's an academic thing involved right. that 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 will help i uh, hope preserve it and and move it for you have a
1: built-in audience or built-in you know congregation of students who might want to use it or learn about it or use you know learn how to record and stuff because i mean it's in a way it's a lost art too because Mm -hmm. recording has become so cut and paste do it yourself in your basement with technology stuff that to be in an actual studio and 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 there's a
0: real charm to that there
1: really is and again (laughs) and again you know again you're in this historic studio there let me also mention there are two studios so studio a is the original Mm-hmm. And then Studio B is one that they've built in the front of the building. That's actually a bit bigger than Studio A, and that they're hoping to use for things like film scoring. Mm-hmm. Like they have like a motorized video screen that'll come down. So you know mm-hmm. if, if an orchestra needs to go in there to watch right. the film and play to the, right, the right. film, uh, they have a, sl- a little side room that would fit probably a couple hundred people. They could have an intimate concert in the mm-hmm. same studio. So they want to make that sort of a multi-use thing too, right. and also. It kind of ties in with the whole Georgia, you know, music act and trying to get more acts to come, just like with the movie credits, you know, to give tax credits to musicians to come right. here to, you know, record for a soundtrack for a film that then the right. film is getting the tax credits as well as the mu- musicians. It's it's all sort of you know synchronized that way right. to hopefully turn into that. But when I was speaking to the um, the head studio engineer, he was you know he made that point about the tourism that. People talk about going to Stacks, and people talk about yeah. going to Fame and to Muscle yeah. Shoals and to, you know, even Criteria in Miami. Definitely. And they know the name Capricorn, but they may have forgotten it over the years or thought that it just went away. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of their challenge now is to make sure that people outside of Georgia <laughs>
0: right,
1: and from a tourism standpoint know that we've got this here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could really come to Macon and do a whole music tour, you know, with right. – Capricorn Studios, the, the big right. house, go by the cemetery. I mean right. it's just all sort of yeah. you know
0: and get a new way wiener while you're there. Yeah.
1: That's right. yeah. Good hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and if you fly into Atlanta, it's you know, it's an hour and a half drive.
0: Right. It's a yeah, it's not that far at all. I,
1: I recommend not driving back at four thirty though.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that
1: took way longer getting back than it did going down at noon. <laughs> so you know, time it time it appropriately. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe on the weekend. It's probably yeah. easier then, yeah. I would imagine.
1: And you could you know check out their website Mercer Music of Capricorn, and it'll have information you know coming up about as far as scheduling tours, like when the tours right. will be, if you want to take a tour of the studio, or you know if you do want to rent an incubator, or you know when the museum hours, and of mm-hmm. course they'll have a gift shop at the museum also. Of course. When I was there, the museum wasn't quite finished. It was probably mid-November, I think, that I went, and it was about three weeks away from when they had their soft opening in early December. Mm-hmm. So they still had time to get right. stuff you know put together, but right. from people who have gone down, uh, Mara Davis actually hosted the concert that they had a couple of weeks ago, this mm-hmm. past week, well, about two weeks ago, early December, with Chuck Lavelle and, and you know, Jimmy Hall and yeah. you know, Bonnie Bramwell. I mean, just a, t- a ton of the old people showed up and then you also had some newer people like Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke and it was mm-hmm. just a celebration at Macon yeah. City Auditorium. Yeah, yeah it's was, it was
0: interesting that you mentioned Blackberry Smoke because it's like I was just thinking, it's like, you know, some of these younger bands yeah. who, who obviously have this affinity for for that yep. music, for the, the Southern Rock, the Allman Brothers, and all of that, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it seems like a natural fit for some of them to, to you know, take advantage of this studio. And, and I was you know. just going to
1: say, who knows where their next record might be recorded. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. if it's there, and even Chuck Lavelle said, if I have a project coming up, you know, Capricorn is going to be the first place I'm going to look, obviously, to mm-hmm. do it as long as it fits the rest of the criteria, you know, it right. depends on who he's working with or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, when it's in your backyard and you have the history there and mm-hmm. and one of the incubators is actually an honorary Chuck Lavelle <laughs> incubator. Right. It has his right. name on it and everything. Right. And he's donating uh, or loaning uh, his Hammond B3, the same one that like went same right. one from sea level that went on tour with him with the stones, yeah. he's loaning it to uh, the studio, the the old studio to right. use, you know, for a year or so or yeah. however long they want to use it. So I mean there's lots of cool yeah. reasons to to go yeah, check it out. Yeah, if that's... you're if you're a keyboardist and you could play Chuck Lavelle's Hammond, I mean That's pretty awesome. That yeah. is really awesome. It's really <laughs> awesome. And, you know, they've got a great lineup of producers and, you know, studio engineers and, you know, people who understand the history of what it is, which right. is really important. You know, it's one thing to to get in some young people who might have the technological savvy and everything. But you also want to have some people there who know what came before mm-hmm. and and what that building meant and right. what was done there. And and even downstairs in the, in the basement, they have these little um, – I wish I could remember the technical term for them, I shouldn't know what they are, but they built them and they're, specifically for the studio, they're just sort of these little huts, so they're isolation huts, but they, right. they use them, you know, to do like overdubs and clap, because the echo effect that you could walk in and, and you know and do this in the background right. and it just, the, the echo was the right sound that they wanted. They left all that intact. Um, there's also a really disgusting toilet bowl down there that, <laughs> that they wanted to keep there because they swear it was Greg Albin's. Oh God. <laughs> and so they just wanted sort of Enshrined, uh, it will never leave the premises. Uh, They've knocked down the walls that were, cause, cause I think it was like a shower and like a whole little bathroom area yeah, or whatever. Right. But they just kept the, the Greg Allman toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be part of the tour. So if not, right. you heard it from me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe you could ask for a special right, exactly. tour of the we toilet. Hear, we
1: hear there's a toilet bowl somewhere <laughs> that Greg Allman supposedly <laughs> used all the time when he was at the studio. Oh, you know? So yeah, there's lots of things to see yeah. <laughs> at, at the new Capricorn studio. So That's I mean, great. yeah, go check it out. It's, it's a cool thing. And starting January 2nd, That's it's cool. all yours
0: too. So, so you talked with some of the folks there at the uh, at the studio yes
1: Jim Hawkins is one, he was the original engineer he was there from I want to say 67 to 71 he actually built that first board that they yeah. had there and he was just a really sweet guy just really you know quiet unassuming you know and and he was one of the ones who didn't want to share too many stories <laughs> yeah. but he was so excited to see the new board and just kind of seemed to overcome a little bit with awe and emotion you know yeah. of being there and Paul Hornsby who you know was a musician for a long time at Macon, and then he also was an engineer for a while at, at the studio. He did, I think, four or five Marshall Tucker Band mm-hmm. recordings uh, right. as a producer. And then Ovi Sparks was another guy who was there, just a really nice guy. And it's funny, engineers are, you know, they're, they're very different than... Um, they're very different than musicians. Yes. They're, they're all very quiet. Yes. <laughs> they're all just sort yeah. of keep to themselves and know how they want something to sound. And, right. you know, but, but they, you know, like I said, they had some funny stories that we kind of kept off the record yeah. about, about some of the wilder antics that took place in there right. or things that got stomped on a little bit out of frustration yeah. and anger or w- waiting hours for some musician to show up because who knows where they went. Right. So stuff like that. Cool.
0: That's great. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, bringing us this story. Sure. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. Fernbank Museum of Natural History hosts two floors of twinkling, beautifully decorated trees, showcasing celebrations around the world for the ninth year of the enchanting Winter Wonderland exhibition. This holiday-inspired exhibition and programming series features trees and other displays decorated by local cultural partners that recognize celebrations including Christmas, Hanukkah, and the Festival of Lights as well as traditions and practices like origami, indigenous art, and national symbols. The exhibition continues through January 6th and is included with general admission to the museum, which is $18 to $20. The Fernbank Museum of Natural History is located on Clifton Road between Atlanta and Decatur. Get directions and more info at fernbankmuseum.org. In A Tuna Christmas, two actors portray all of the folks of the small Texas town of Tuna as it celebrates the holiday in the latest production from the Georgia Ensemble Theater. With more than 20 characters in rapid-fire costume changes, it's a fast-paced and festive romp through the town's yuletide activities. It's directed by Atlanta playwright and screenwriter Topher Payne. Experience the holiday hilarity as Georgia Ensemble Theater presents A Tuna Christmas at Oglethorpe University's Conant Performing Arts Center. The show continues through December 29th. Tickets are $35, and you can get them at get.org. The Almond Betts Band comes to the Buckhead Theater on December 30th, and those names should sound very familiar. The band's formation was announced in November of 2018, but its roots go back much further. Following the death of his father, Greg, Devin Allman organized a tribute show at the Fillmore in San Francisco, which included guitarist Dwayne Betts, son of Dickie Betts. Following that gig, the two sons of Allman Brothers Band Mainstays would tour together in their separate bands, but would soon decide to pool their talents and call in Barry Dwayne Oakley, son of the Allman Brothers Band's founding late bassist, Barry Oakley. In June of this year, the band released its debut album, Down to the River, which included contributions from former Almond Brother and current Rolling Stones keyboardist Chuck Lavelle. Check out what the next generation of a Southern Rock dynasty can do as the Almond Betts Band comes to the Buckhead Theater on December 30th at 8 p.m. Tickets are $35 to $40, and you can find those and more info at thebuckheadtheateratl.com. Cruise through a life-size storybook featuring Priscilla the Pig and her friends. The Pink Pig is a holiday tradition, first at Rich's Downtown, now at Macy's and Lennox. For five decades, the Pink Pig has been a treasured monorail ride that gets little ones and Atlantans of all ages in the holiday spirit. In the 50s, Rich's Department Store in downtown introduced Rich's Pink Pig, a monorail ride on the roof of the store that gave writers a bird's eye view of the toy department. Now the Macy's Pink Pig. The ride takes off atop Lenox Square Mall and offers a colorful storybook adventure. Macy's Pink Pig continues through January 5th and each ride costs $3 with discounts for multiple tickets. Two rides are $5.50, three rides are $7.50. Pink Pig is at Lenox Square in the upper level parking deck at 3393 Peachtree Road. Go online to check out more about Macy's Pink Pig. Just Google Macy's Pink Pig and you'll get all the info. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.